G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Hello and welcome to Trot's Life. That's not too bad, actually. The voice is... uh, I didn't know if I'd even be able to make a noise, but I am. So uh, we're here. Thursday Trot's Life. We're two days away. Two days and five hours and 56 minutes away from... That's wrong, isn't it? Six hours and 56 minutes away from the Victoria Cup card starting at Tabcorp Park, Melton. And we've added an addition to the Thursday show. No Wombat today, but we're going to have a regular news segment. It may not normally go for half an hour, but we, we interviewed so many people on uh, on Tuesday that today in the first hour we'll also be speaking with Greg Sugars and Mark Pitt, but we've covered off on so many. We've got uh, Michael Stanley and David Moran for burning questions a little bit later on. But back to the new segment. Tim O'Connor's going to be running that job. How are you, Toc? Hey, mate. Good to be on. Uh, my voice sounds uh, like uh, Dan Malecki compared to yours. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty crystal clear. How's, are you going to hold up for Saturday night or what? Well, I, I, I think maybe resting it tonight is my plan. and then, um, fly, no. No, you're done for that. You're, you're scratching. Uh, I, I, I'm not scratched yet, but, um, just no carry on. Well, it's a nice, it's a nice little, I, I, I think I will be scratched, but it's a nice little segue because we're waiting for an update on copy that in a similar situation to me, uh, may or may not take his place in the Victoria cup on Saturday night. What's the latest? Yeah, well, uh, this might be what you need as well, Jay Bonner. Scope. Uh, I chatted to Ray Green, the trainer, of course, New Zealand uh, trainer Ray Green, who's based out here in his trip with Copy That and a couple of other stable mates. At uh, he's staying with Anton Galino here, just out of Ballarat, so not far from my joint. I spoke. Uh, I've spoken to him a few times this week. Of course, Copy That suffered uh, a minor Grade Two bleed on Saturday night in the smoking up. He ran, uh, I think it was fourth or fifth, but he wasn't beaten far. He beaten about six metres, so it wasn't. A bad run on face value. He uh, the subsequent scoping found a minor bleed there, as I said, grade two. So it doesn't incur a stand down period, but uh, it just obviously wants wants to monitor the horse and have him check. So I spoke to him this morning. He plans on having the horse scoped at 11 o'clock, so about now, uh, at Anton Galino's property, and uh, he he tells me it's only a you know a short little procedure to uh, have a look inside the horse and see how things are. He's confident the horse will be fine. He's not expecting any problems today. He said the horse seems fine. Uh, he said to me early in the week that you wouldn't have even known uh, that there was this minor bleed there. You know, the horse had eaten well, has worked this week, uh, appears fine, well, healthy, happy. So we expect, at least right now, I expect copy that to line up in the Victoria Cup on Saturday night, Bond, but we will get Ray Green's uh, reaction if it's not in the half an hour I'm on with you now, I'll, uh, I might even flick you a message to see if we can get that relayed across the air because I anticipate him at least getting on to me before you finish your show at 1 o'clock. So as it stands right now, I reckon you'll line up, Bon. So what's the... Um, obviously, we've got a, a reason for not a terrible but a below-par performance by copy that standards last time out. But the whole preparation... I know there was that win, but the whole preparation hasn't quite gone to plan. Does Ray have... 
Did you speak to Ray about potential reasons other than this uh, minor bleeding episode from his last start performance? No, I haven't. But I think you're right. I agree with you there. I mean, he did win that race, but it, that was on a platter for him, wasn't it? That uh, that win two starts ago, and uh, the one prior, he, he dropped out fairly badly. And of course, um, was it going back a year ago or so? He he, uh, he was based at uh, I think Chris Finozio's property and and suffered a a bad leg injury and went home back to New Zealand without actually racing here. So it hasn't been. Probably he's a happy stomping ground, really, Australia, for copy that yet. But, um, no, I will chat to Ray today, regardless of whether he takes his place. Uh, I would like to know a bit of his thoughts, because I'm a bit like you. I think he's just a rung blow. I don't really... It should, should sound silly for a New Zealand Cup winner, but I don't really have him as one of the chances in the, the Victoria Cup Saturday night. I don't know what your thoughts were. Well, no, not really. I, I, um, I just... Well, this map is... I can tell you one thing. We'll talk about this a little bit later before I let you go, talk. But um, having having really excavated and done a deep dive into the form, I can't tell you how different my opinion on this Victoria Cup is now to what it was when we were doing the barrier draw on Monday evening. So I've got a vastly, vastly different opinion of the way this race is going to be run. Uh, copy that. I mean, he's going to get an economical trip, but is he a, is he a point-to-point speed horse? How far does he get back along the pylons? Is he anywhere near his best? There's too many question marks to consider him a winning hover, what I thought. Yeah. Have you got a market in front of you? He was – was he single figures, one of the single-figure runners, at least early stages? Um, let's have a let, let's have a squizzle dizzle. Surely I, not. I mean, he's – maybe I'm wrong there, but I thought he was sort of the $8, $9 mark, but um, – too many question marks for me, and I just don't think he's going well enough. And uh, I'd, I'm, I'm interested to hear your, uh, your, I guess, your preview of the race because I've really got no idea how this race is going to be run. We could, have, I could have three or four goes at it, and I, I don't know who's going to lob on top and uh, and where everyone's going to settle in the run. It's just an intriguing speed map and and barrier draw from Monday night. Of course, you were part of it. Nine fifty out to fourteen, and I think he'll yeah. drift even further. Um, I, I've got him marked around the sixteen dollar mark purely because. Sometimes when you're doing the prices and the form, it's almost like I, I think I really consider him a twenty six thirty four dollar chance, but it it almost becomes disrespectful to yeah. a to a New Zealand Cup oh, winner and a horse of his um, pedigree and heritage and what he's done. You almost look at that. You start to put a two next to the name or a three, and you go, oh, I can't do that. No, I'm not allowed no, to do that. Yeah, it's not. I'm, well, I'm surprised to see he still. Um, he was single figures. I, I did read that right, but fourteen, yeah, somewhere between the the, the fifteen and twenty dollar mark, I think's about right. You're right. It's disrespectful. I mean, he's drawn well too. I mean, I don't know where he's going to end up, but he's going to get an economical trip, isn't he? Through the the large part of the race, drawn barrier eight, just not going well enough. And then you throw in this, you know, a minor bleed. Uh, you know, just question marks. And I just don't think he's uh, potentially race, at least racing here in Australia, up to uh, the, the, well, I guess the performances we've seen from some of our locals. So, you know, I, I don't have him as a winning hope. But I'd probably leave him out of the quaddy, to be fair, when I'm uh, having one on Saturday night. Of course, we might even work through that later. Buy a $100,000 jackpot from the tab going into a projected pool of 500000 So the quaddy's certainly a bet I'll be having on Saturday night. I'll be having a couple of different ones, as per usual, staggering them up. Now, our man on the ground at Harness Racing Victoria, we have a... Um uh, a savant uh, of sorts called Tim <laughs> Belfrage, who uh, who can work an Excel spreadsheet like nobody I've ever met before. And he's run a report and found out the, la- the fastest last halves ever at Melton. 
And um, my my absolute best on the card is on the list, Captain Ravishing. He is. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear that too because he's my best on the card as well. Um, speaking to a few uh, people during the week, they're asking what my best was, and it's Captain Ravishing in the Derby. I can't believe we're getting near two dollars. So, yeah, on um, on Saturday night, uh, Jabe on the of course the heat of the Victoria Derby, the second heat, Captain Ravishing sat park to leap to fame, a two-time Derby winner himself. Uh, did uh, as much wrong as you tend to get up to on a Saturday night and still was able to race away and win over the long trip of 26, 70 metres. His last half, well, the, the race's last half was in 53-4, so a rapid time. It was a bit lost on me on the night. I was a bit caught up in the performance and didn't really pay attention to the clock. So his performance, or that race, was the fifth fastest ever last half, uh, last 800 metres of the last mile recorded at Melton. So 53-4, quite remarkable over the long trip. So it's the second quickest last half over the long trip ever at Melton since uh, 2009 we started racing at Melton. And and uh, I'm going to give you a crack here. Who would be the top uh, last half recorded over the long trip? 26, sorry, 27.60 metres. It was a race back in 2021. Is uh, any ideas who that might be? 2021. Um, I would. Is it the great one that's that's uh, over in the United States? Uh, it is. Lock and Varad. It is Lock and Varad in the AG Hunter Cup in 2021. He went 53-2 over the long trip, uh, the final half of 53-2. So it was uh, 0.2 of a second uh, quicker than Captain Ravishing, but quite remarkable, really. I mean, you, I'll, I'll go through the list if you like. The quickest ever last half mile at Melton since 2009, since we've been racing, there was ride high over the sprint trip of 17.20 in the Vale Rod Osborne pace in, in 2020. They went He went 52-7 in a, uh, I think it was a 28-metre victory there. So he's got the, the title all to himself clearly by over half a second. Lockenbar Arts run in the Hunter Cup there was 53.2 the last half over the long trip. So you've got to take that into account. Uh, Chili Palmer, Bon, uh, sits third in 2014, winning the four-year-old Bonanza. Mm. The last half there was 53-4. Also 53-4 was Beach Life. Uh, back in uh, March this year at Melton uh, in the three-year-old race over the sprint trip, 53-4 as well. Then Captain Ravishing, 53-4. So they all sit together in sixth place. Is Ride High with a 53.6 last half in the Melton City Council sprint in 2020. Ride High again sits um, seventh with a 53.7 last half in the four- and five-year-old championship of 2019. And then bringing up the final three spots, Lock and Varart's four-year-old Bonanza win. Of course, we won't forget that one over the sprint trip, beating uh, Self Assured in 53.7 last half in 2020. The Ainsbury Victoria Cup of 2017, Lazarus recorded a last half of 53.8. The same last half that the good old Hector JJ recorded to fill 10th place in the City of Melton Plate, the Group 3 event in 2016. So 53.8. I thought that was really interesting. Um, Oh... If I'm going back through the replays, Bon, I'll put these up on our socials shortly. I'm doing a bit of a story and, and, and the top 10 runs. At least all the ones I've seen so far, every horse up to, apart from Captain Ravishing has had the pegs and been out in front. He did it off the pegs and did everything wrong. It's quite remarkable, I think. Well, there's no doubt. He's, um, he's a complete freak show. Uh, he really is. And, uh, yeah, he's my best. But we'll talk about the tips soon. We'll go for a break. When we come back, we'll do the tips. We'll talk about that quaddy. $100,000 jackpot and 500 k projected quaddy pool 
on Saturday night. And we'll talk about your visit to Ember and Clayton, see if you've got any inside information for us in a moment, Talk. Time for a break here. Thursday edition of Trot's Life on SEN Track. You're listening to Thursday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. No music for us, Tom Bang. No, no worries, mate. All good. Uh, I don't need it. Um, we've got Tim O'Connor on the line. They call him Talk. TikTok. And he's got all the news. Yes, talk. They do call me that. Uh, yeah, still haven't heard back from Ray Green, but uh, the, the story off the top, J-Bond, that uh, we'll find out in the next hour or so, I think, uh, whether a copy of that will line up in the Victoria Cup being scoped. Uh, the plan was to scope him at 11 o'clock today. So uh, about 20 minutes ago, Ray said he'd give me a buzz when he finds out. So it'll all hinge on uh, whether there's any um, anything discovered in the scope, but he's pretty confident that there won't be or any major problems. And I think we can assume that he... <laughs> will line up on Saturday night in the Victoria Cup on Barrier 8. All I want to know is, and I, I, would, I would never, have never, uh, and people will be amazed by this, but I've never used inside information that uh, I've had that the public hasn't had while in this role to have a bet. But if you could tell me immediately, because I'd like to have something on Bulletproof Boy at $13 a place, mm. if he is coming out, copy that, please, talk. Yes, well, uh, I'll flick you a text uh, as soon as I know, and you can relay it to the SEN crew. What is Bulletproof Boy? I, he's lobbed a nice barrier for once, uh, and he's got it in a big... Was he barrier nine? I think it is. So be great to see him run well. He's going... I think he's going as good as he ever has, and he's fifth up here. He finally draws a, a reasonable barrier to get a nice soft run sort of midfield somewhere. Have you got him sort of midfield off the peg somewhere? Yeah, he's, he's just going to be... Look, it looks a good draw, but he's going to be in a... A difficult spot again, isn't he? It just depends, and again, we might talk about this in a moment, uh, whether he can follow through an expensive he goes, the uh, the leader and what rock and roll do can do at the start and all the rest of it. So there's a bit going on. Um, He'll, he won't, I mean, I can't remember all these recent runs, but he just seems to draw a barrier 12 or 13 and have to sit last. He he won't go back to last at least, so he'll, he'll be ahead of a few, I think, in the run. Yeah, yeah, I think, well, he'll, and he'll beat, he'll beat several. Uh, he'll beat several home, but whether that... Yeah, he, won't, he won't run... He's, he's he the roughest horse in the market? He would be, yeah. He, he won't run last. No, he'll beat... I'll, I'll declare he'll beat at least three home. Mm, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Emma and Clayton, you went to visit them yesterday. Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin. They've got a massive hand to play in so many races. Uh, did you learn anything that you didn't know before you went there, Tock? Uh, I did. One of the things I did learn, one of the major things, is that Emma Stewart actually reads the trots.com.au and read one of my stories the other day and had a bit of a dig at me <laughs> about one of them. Oh, really? Uh, all in good. All in good. Um, what did you say? No, I didn't say much. I wrote a piece uh, after the Oaks heats that um, that the Emma Stewart juggernaut had 12 runners in the Oaks heats and wasn't able to win one. So she goes... Um, uh, what have you been writing about me, Mr. O'Connor? I heard this voice from uh, the stables when I turned up, and uh, I said, oh, the Oaks? And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, I cannot believe you read that. And she said, yeah, I did. And I said, I just wanted to give some of the other trainers a go that won heats, and she is fully understanding. But she did bring up, uh, she gave, myself and Jabon have had a couple of run-ins over the years. Uh, you wrote something bad about Jada's son, I think she still recalls. Is that... Does that uh, sit in your memory bank? Oh yeah, we've got. We, don't worry, we've <laughs> we, we've come a long way. Um, <laughs> we get along like a house on fire now. I love Emma and Clayton, uh, but I, I certainly I I, uh, I made life hard for myself on a few occasions. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, that that's not only with Emma and Clayton. 
That's just generally. So uh, generally. I'm pretty I'm pretty used to getting myself into sticky situations and trying to get out of them. But um, no, I think I mean they love the game. They, they and it doesn't surprise me that they would be reading that. And even if they weren't, there's every chance that. Um, that somebody else would uh, would relate to them uh, some of those stories as well. So, uh, apart apart from lear- apart from learning that apart from that, you, you were on the um, blacklist for a short time, what what, what else did you learn? Yeah, no, they were, they were fantastic. So I, I headed out there yesterday uh, mainly to have a bit of a chat to Emma for uh, about Captain Ravishing ahead of um, a Herald Sun wrap on Saturday, a four page lift out which you'll be involved in. We've got plenty of stories and tips and. And stuff there. So I had a chat to her about Captain Ravishing. Uh, saw him work. I turned up at a perfect time. Uh, Captain Ravishing was having uh, his second piece of work. Uh, then it was Ladies in Red. Then it was Honolulu Bay. So I loved it. Just a perfect time. Um, quite an interesting one. I, obviously, we, every stable does it different. But uh, so Wednesday was the the horses that are racing on Saturday night was their final piece of fast work. So their proper, you know, their last bit of serious work. And so those horses have a bit of a hit out in the in the morning and then they have a bit of a break and then they go back and do it again so yeah captain ravishing had his second piece uh worked fantastic to my eye clayton was wrapped he said i couldn't be happier when he came back to uh back to wash the horse down that was his direct quote i couldn't be happier so uh that's that sits well with us jay bum we've made uh, that horse our best um also ladies in red worked really well geez he's a little machine i said to clayton uh i said gee she's small and he goes he just glared at me and goes don't you worry about that mate She's a machine. Uh, maybe with a couple of other words in between, but uh, just an amazing. It's just the who's who are harness racing out there. I've been out there a few times, Jab. One you have too. It's just phenomenal. You you say, uh, oh, who's this one? Oh, Captain Ravishing. Oh, who's that one? Ladies in Red, Honolulu Bay. Uh, yeah, it's just the who's who. It was great to be out there, and um, the team seems to be ticking along really nicely. I think they're that, pretty confident of a good night on Saturday. That's why it holds so much weight when um, they do pick one out of the. Um, out of the ruck of outstanding horses. So Clayton was very early with ride high. He was sort of screaming ride high from the rooftops. Um, and Captain Ravishing, of course, came up in that conversation here on SEN track in an interview with Emma Stewart. So when they pick one out of, you've got maybe, you know, um, 20 of the top 30 paces going around and they pick one out, well, you know you're onto something, don't you? It's weird, though. Yeah, you do. it, it has probably taken a while now um, now, ladies and readers, has sort of proven herself. But I, I, I think even early doors, um, she had needed to prove herself to Emma and Clayton. Uh, and it's only yeah. through the racetrack performances, I think, that everyone sold. I'm, I must admit, though, we'll talk about this in a moment as well. I'm not. Gee, she's short on Saturday night. She, she I don't think she's a moral on Saturday night. She been the only horse that's ever beaten her twice is Tough Tilly. Yeah. Tough Tilly's drawn to lead. Drawn to lead, yeah. 1,720 metres. They, they're both fresh. They both trial well. Oh. There's not there's not a stack between them, ability-wise. Like, there's a little bit, but not much. Well, lady, um, ladies, ladies in red is, is better. But, um, yes. but, but, not by, but not enough to just crush ladies in red off a sprint trip when she's leading, I don't think. The only um, possibility, and I'll, geez, I'll, if I start down this road, I'll just get stuck into the uh, full form <laughs> talk, but... Treachery drawn inside the second row. I I do wonder whether there's not some possibility that Tuftley leads, ladies in red progresses forward, treachery follows her up, and ladies in red ends up in front. Now, you'd hope not, 
because it'll be a much more exciting race. Well, what's, there's two things going on. Harness Racing Victoria has put so much promotion behind Ladies in Red. Uh, we wanted to win, but at the same time, yeah. you'd want a cracking race, wouldn't you? Between two oh, superstar, uh, superstar four-year-old mares. Let's go. Have you got? Have you got a quaddy ready or not? Uh, I don't, but I was more just going to sort of press you on on your. Okay. Just one, one one more little anecdote quickly from yesterday. I said to Clayton because uh, you'd already said that he, he'd he'd rated Captain Ravishing better than Honolulu Bay, and he agreed with that. And I said, "What about um, Captain Ravishing? Uh, is he better than Ride High?" And he looked at Alan McDonough, and he goes, "Give that bloke an uppercut, will you?" Yeah. Uh, so, so no is the answer. Yeah, right Not high. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> he still sits at the top. <laughs> top of the... And he looked at Alan, anyway, and, and then he looked at Alan and said, uh, "Prefer if you didn't give me an uppercut. I've, 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 I've learned a bit here. I don't. I don't need to be punched underneath the chin." Um, no. So I, my two best bets on the night, both come up in the quarry leg. So I'll be staggering them up. That garage. Uh, Horse and Hound, popular arm free for all, is where you've got to play wide. I reckon you got so. Did you learn anything about the first up runners? You, you wouldn't have asked about Phoenix Prince and our millionaire and Longfellow and all no. these, would you? No. So I don't. I did, I, but I did just one. Sorry, just yeah. one quick gang. Uh, Darren Cow was thrilled uh, during our trial show a couple of weeks ago. Phoenix Prince's trial behind Ladies in Red hit the line really well. So, be including him, I reckon. Yeah, oh, yeah I've tipped him second. Um, Tango Tower on top, but I'm playing wide there. So, Captain Ravishing, one out. Queen Elida, one out. And then I'm playing numbers one, two, four, and five in the Victoria Cup. Better Eclipse, Expensive Ego, Rock and Roll Do, and Honolulu Bay. But I would um, would advise people, if you can have a crack at that big, when you've got projected pools like that, there's, you know, it'll get above 500 large, I'd say. And Mm. I would stagger those middle two legs. I think I'd only include Leap to Fame. In the staggered leg for the uh, down by the seaside Victoria Derby final, Bill Collins trotter sprint. Oh, yeah, there's a bit going on there. Just belief has to go in somewhere. Olavici, um, maybe Elder Baron Zeus, Mufasa Metro, and I've got one. Is he an artiste? No, no. I think he'll get too far back along the inside. But there's one here who I reckon is absolutely flying, might lead, and if they play Ducks and Drakes. Could run a race at massive odds called Have Horse Will Travel. Yes. And I will be asking Andy Gath about such on burning questions later because Have Horse Will Travel, I know he's a good stand start horse, but he's been coming off 30 metres, if you don't mind, and running, well. running we're, we're close both up. On him, aren't we? Yeah, oh, yeah. he's. he's uh, every run this campaign's been excellent. Uh, he, he made a mistake. Top, yeah. He'd be, yeah. Sorry, cut you off. Well, he, no, if I'd, he found the top. Yeah, if he found the top. And. The key here, I reckon, Toc, is where the Sundon's courage gets involved because he's faster than nephew of Sunoco, I reckon, but he just doesn't want two horses kicking up inside of him. Sorry to cut you off there. I've just got an email from Brett Day, Jay Bond, if you want to keep me on the line. Copy that uh, out. We've got some, we've got some, uh, some news on copy that. Sorry to take a, a right-hand turn there, but I'll just read out this um, mm-hmm. short release sent through to us from Ch- uh, Chairman of Stewards, Brett Day. The Harness Racing Victoria Stewards advised that this morning copy that has undergone an endoscopic examination performed by the stable veterinarian. The examination was conducted in the presence of HIV stewards and the results reviewed by a HIV-appointed veterinarian. The endoscopic examination conducted this morning did not reveal any significant findings. The examination was conducted after copy that was found to be displaying grade 2 
Um, it says EIPH, so that's a, like a grade two minor bleed. Following its most recent start at Tabcourt Park, Melton. Copy that is free to start in the Pride's Easy Feed Victoria Cup to be conducted at Melton this Saturday night. So he's good to go. It'll just need a final tick off from Ray Green, but uh, looks like he's good to go. Jay Bond. Uh, outstanding news uh, that copy that will be there. Uh, even if we don't rate him a massive winning chance, he's a New Zealand Cup winner and he creates that trans-Tasman flavour. Now, we've got to go to the news in a moment. We'll just go through these in a couple of words. We're both on Captain Ravishing in the derby. Yep. Bill Collins. Big time. I, I'm very strongly in the camp of Queen Elida. Me too. Uh, spoke to Brent Lilly yesterday and he's basically put this as he's the best horse he's ever trained. Well, and I... Yep. It's hard not to agree with him, to be honest. Um... Oaks final is hard. I'm going with Incipher, but I still think she's too short. I'm uh, warming to Pediante and uh, and even Amore Vita being able to bounce back. But Incipher's the one to beat, but I th- again, I think she's too short. I've got a roughie for you here that I like. Um, we'll go in the quaddy, more keen to place. Miss uh, Elegant. Oh, elegant. Elegant can run a really good race. Yeah, at, uh, at sort of $18, somewhere around there. And who have you settled on in the Vic Cup? Uh, I've been on uh, Honolulu Bay for a while. I had a little futures bet a while ago, so I'm with Honolulu Bay still. Did, did you get any indication that they'd be running the gate? I didn't, unfortunately, but uh, well, if, I think, if, I th- is that the way you think it will happen? Yes, I do, very much so. Yeah, I do too. I do too, and I hope so as well. Well done, mate. That's been a great uh, addition to the Thursday Trots Live, and we'll do it all again next week. Fantastic. Hot off the press. Copy that. Ready to line up in the Vic Cup on Saturday night. Thanks, Jay Bond. I'll see you Saturday. Good luck on the on the racing.com and Channel 7 coverage. Breaking news with Tim O'Connor. Time for the news. When we come back, we'll be joined by Mark Pitt. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. I've been not singing at the moment. Can't hold me back. Even with this voice. Right, he's on the road, but Mark Pitt has an extremely powerful hand to play on Saturday night at Tabcourt Park. Melton, how are you, Pitty? I'm good, James. How are you? Good, mate. We're going to go race by race here, okay? Uh, And we're going to start right off the top. He's ideal. Uh, Now, we just want pure honesty here. No one's listening. Emma's not listening. The owners aren't listening. Clayton's not listening. Is he's ideal a, a a really nice horse, or has he had a couple of things go his way so far this preparation? Oh look, I, I really think he is a nice horse. Um, you know, he has had a few things go his way, but um, I still think there's a little bit more improvement in him yet. And um, yeah, look, I do think he is a nice horse. Do I, do, look, he's, he's won almost all of his starts from in front. Do you just take off as soon as possible from the second line draw and get him into the action? Yeah, look, it, it obviously all depends on the tempo, but um, at, that, at this stage, that, that's how the race looks. Race two. Neratak Prince, it was a great win first up from a break. I think he might have been just mildly... I mean, he's a very good horse, but he was mildly flattered, I think. The, the leading division all sort of collapsed, and you just came with one run. My question for you here, Pity, is outside the second row, is he strong enough that you can take off... Uh, a little bit earlier. You didn't need to first up from a break, but you might need to here. Can you take off a little bit earlier, or is he that kind of horse who's got a scintillating three, four hundred metre sprint? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little tricky one. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard only driving him that one time, and he went good that driven that way. Um, I know he might have to 
take off a little bit earlier this week, but I still think he's good enough to do that. Does he give you – I mean, he's always felt like a promising horse. Does he feel like just from that one run that he's he's a really nice horse? Clearly he picked up quickly. He's going to improve from the run. But he's he's always been that horse that's just been that half level below. Does he just feel like a speed horse to you? Yeah, he does a little bit. Um, he does feel like a speed horse. Um, but hopefully with a bit more Metro racing into him, it'll strengthen him up a little bit. Now, we really wanted an opportunity in the Make Mind Callan at Group 3 level, leg one of the Elizabeth Clark uh, Triple Crown Series for the Mayors. We wanted Treachery to draw better so that we could see how far she's bridged the gap between herself and ladies in red and tough Tilly and the like. What on earth do you do from there, mate? Look, I think we'll just have to come off the fence and, um, you know, let ladies in red get around them early. Well, we'll have to, you know, probably have to drive with one run. But if it doesn't, we can hopefully we can track her or something into the race. You genuinely believe that there, there has been a, a significant bridging of the gap? Yeah, look, I think the gap's come closer. Um, don't know how close it is, but we're, we're soon to see. Put it this way. I'm just going to give you this one. If Treachery was drawn to lead here and Ladies in Red was out the back and Tough Tilly was wide on the front row, would you think Treachery could beat them? Yes, I'll do. But we agree it's going to be pretty hard on Saturday night from where you are. Yeah, look, it's going to be super hard, but um, she's not going to go down without a fight. Uh, we go to the popular arm free-for-all now. Emma's uh, really made life hard for us here with a few resuming from a break, but they've all trialled. Um, our millionaire, do we know how forward he is? He's, uh, he has trialled well. Yeah, look, I'm going to be pretty forward. Um, otherwise, you can front him up. But, um, yeah, look, it, it is a tough one from back there, and there is some nice horses in it. So, um, you know, he's going to have to be nearly at his best to beat these nice. Now, if our millionaire was uh, second or third up or fourth up in a preparation, you'd be taking off with him and putting him in the race. He, do you get the indication from Emma and Clayton that he's ready to do something like that or not? Yeah, for sure, that's right. That, that's what we would do. But, um, no, look, I haven't really spoke to him about um, about him um, and what's, what, what's sort of the plans with him on the weekend. But, um, yeah, look, I'm sure if he wasn't forward enough, he wouldn't be there. Now, again, I'm, I only ask for honesty from your pity because we need it here. Down by the Seaside Victoria Derby final, is it in the back of your mind with Captain Ravishing to try and get the advantage over Leap to Fame and slice through and get in front of him early on? Or are you so confident in the ability of this horse that you're better off just balancing him up and they can do what they want at the top end and you'll just beat him regardless? Yeah, look, I'm super confident with him. But, uh, yeah, look, ideally I'd like to be in front of Leap to Fame, but... Um you know, the draw hasn't fancied us this, this time. So, um, you know, it, it'll just have to depend on sort of the tempo a little bit early and, and how he's feeling too. So um, if he's feeling good and there's, there's a bit of a gap there, I'm sure we'll, we'll take it and um, play full advantage of it. Does he, does he feel like that kind of horse? Because he's all he's all sort of uh, built up energy. You wouldn't be worried. You have sort of tried it, I guess, at heat level, that if he did follow through and he started to get a full head of steam up, that he would come back to you and he wouldn't overdo it? Yeah, look, I think he would. Um, you know, just he, he might have to go for that little bit little bit extra, but um, I'm sure he'll come back to me pretty well. Um, you know, he relaxed pretty well in his heat outside him, so, you know, that, that was super confident that um, that, he, that he will relax. Without, with, you know, I, know, I know you want to have a, a, um, a degree of humility and not go into a big race like that arrogant, but are you... <clears throat> Are you pretty confident within yourself that he's clearly the best horse in the race? 
yeah, look, I am. Um, you know, you can't take anything away from a few of the other horses like Leap to Fame and Major Perry and Rip even that run a huge race in the in the other heat. But um, yeah, look, I'm super confident going into this this one. Yeah, that makes two of us. And Doc, that's three. Race eight, Victoria Cup. Uh, Mac Dan's a high quality horse. We're going into Victoria Cups first up from a break. I'm assuming you're going to have to drive in pretty conservatively. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he's first up from a spell and everything like that. But there's a lot of speed off the front line, so I'm sure he's going to lob somewhere handy to him. And, um, you know, I'm sure Norris there if he's had his A game. Now, this is a really important one. Pride's Easy Feed Victoria Oaks final. The more I went through the form last night, the more I thought that Pettyonte has got the speed to cross relentless me. The question is, do you believe you can get across the pole marker and hold Just Hope if it flew out at the start? And more importantly, if you were able to find the front, is anybody else getting the lead from you, Mark Pitt? No, look, if I did find the front, um, I'd, I'd be holding. I think she's a really good mare in front. And, you know, as long, as long as she settles, if she did have to fire off the arm and... Um, you know, do a little bit of work to find the front. If she settled after that, I'm sure she's going to be a huge player in it. Do Do you think she can find the front? Yeah, look, I did. Um, you know, I do know there's a lot of speed in the race, but I really think she's got good gate speed and can cross the one. Yeah, I uh, I reckon she's a leader. As long as you want to stay there, that's a crucial uh, that's a crucial factor, I think. And the final one, the Lost Storm. In the penultimate race in the program, the homegrown classic final for the baby boys. I know Amber and Clayton have got a big opinion of the lost storm. Now, tell me this. Have you got any concerns that the one who went so well behind the lost storm on debut might try and kick up and hold you out, or do you think you're finding the front? Yeah, look, that, that's a little bit hard to say yet. But, um, look, I, I do think the one will hold the front, um, so I think we'll have to be outside him. But um, I think we're good enough to sit outside it. You've done very well, Pity. I very much appreciate your time, mate. That's a lot of runners to go through, and you've given us your thoughts very eloquently, and I'll see you out there Saturday night. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. There's Mark Pitt, and that's a complete lie. I won't be out there Saturday night. I'll be in the studio downstairs. I've lied again. I'll try not to, but unfortunately, it just comes out of my mouth sometimes. Uh, let's go for a break, come back, and the candy man joins us. Or as um, Tom Bang likes to call him, uh, Sugar Man or something when he calls him. We'll find out what the conversation's like in a moment. Break time, Thursday Trots Life, back in a moment. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. There he is, uh, the man Tomo calls Sugar Man. How are you, Gregory Sugars? Very well, thank you. Um, Talk to me about your thoughts on this Victoria Cup because... My opinion has changed significantly after having a good look at the uh, a good look at the early speed and um, what people have spoken about throughout the course of the week. What do you think is going to happen? Um, yeah, look, it's always tricky to assess high quality races with um, you know so many talented horses in it. But um, yeah, there's obviously a bit of speed drawn out wide um, in this field, and probably the inside runners aren't noted real fast beginners so um that sort of can play out a bit of a scenario that can have a bit of a staggered effect um which is quite possible going into the first turn but um exactly what tactics are going to be uh going to prevail for each horse is is anyone's guess i know these questions feel very personal but do you think you can hold expensive ego early on 
Yes, I do. I think you can as well, and you would want to, I'm assuming, because as good as a better Eclipse is, I mean, these are the past two chariots of fine winners, but as good as he is, if expensive ego finds the front, um, it's going to be very hard, isn't it? Because if he was in front, I don't see where the pressure comes from, and then better Eclipse has only got that, that very short period to try and pick him up. Yeah, exactly right. No, I think, um, you know, a few winning chances of other horses, um, you know, don't want expensive ego to lead, really. Um, as you say, if someone else is in front and um, and he's not there, well, then uh, Luke will have to put his horse into the race. We know he's a great stayer and that'll make it a nice uh, even contest. So um, I think, you know, for, for the race to be a real cracker, um, we don't want him in front. Now... I'll give you a scenario where it all goes really wild, okay? Honolulu Bay leads. Torrid Saint flies the gate. Better Eclipse and Expensive Ego are trying to keep up with each other. Torrid Saint drops it in front of you. Honolulu Bay's leading. Better Eclipse and Expensive Ego are trying to get off the pegs and get into a position. Rock and Roll Do is now going forward. Maniacal lead time. Triple Eight gets a card in. Can he win? Oh, he can win, yeah. No, we're very happy with him. Um... I don't. I can't see that scenario unfolding. I think there's a fair bit of fantasy in that uh, in that call. But um, yeah, certainly, certainly, if something like that uh, was to happen, um, he's a definite winning chance. Triple Eight. There's nothing wrong with his run first up. Um, there's nothing wrong with his preparation. We're really happy with the horse. He will benefit from that first up run. Um, but at this level, as we know, he needs, he's an opportunist and he needs everything to go his way. But if it happens, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind he's, uh, he's a capable winning, winning chance. And, and you, you did mention that he, he would like, improve significantly. And to be fair, it feels like it's been a little while since we've um, seen the consistent top-line form that we did see from Triple Eight. But, I mean, the run was nice first up from a break, but he would have to improve, but he has got significant improvement in him. Yeah, that's right. And oh, I don't think it's been that long, really. I mean, the start of like, well, the most recent preparation when we headed off to Queensland, um, you know, he won his first two starts back um, in the free-for-all grade here, and then was a really good uh, third um, behind like a wildfire, I think it was. And Better Eclipse just grabbed him for second that night. And then he went up and won a free-for-all um, um, in Queensland in, in devastating fashion. So that, that all wasn't that long ago. And, um, yeah, he, he's a, obviously a very talented horse when he is 100%. And, um, yeah, we're pretty confident we got him pretty close to that uh, going into Saturday night. Now, I admit there was a fair bit of fantasy to that. But I'll tell you what. I wouldn't mind you, you you going out and declaring that I'm a genius if that actually plays out because, uh, yeah, look, um, quite 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 majority of you were with me just there. But anyway, um, I'm I'm hoping at least that a couple of those wide runners get involved early so that we get a proper tempo fast run Victoria Cup. They go 51 and change, and the best horse wins. Let's go through all of your other runners. In fact, let's go with the ones that Lara J Farmer involved with. For moments like these. Um, the trials seem, uh, the recent trials seemed, well, it was a bit of a nothing trial, so I, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, that's right. Um, we've actually sort of come away from the trials you know, with a similar sort of thought. Um, yeah, she she hasn't come back at her best, I don't think, just yet. Um, we're hoping with that run under her belt, she will start to sharpen up and obviously uh, racing against 
um, these high-quality mares, which she's probably going to have to take on over the next few weeks um, in the Mayor's Triple Crown, that um, hopefully that racing following those good horses is going to sharpen her up. But, um, yeah, we're, we we don't think we've got her um, 100% at this stage going into this week. Geez, we've gas-bagged a bit, so I've only got one more question for you before we've we got to go for a break. Um, just believe, weird situation in the Bill Collins sprint because nearly every horse off the front row has got very similar gait speed, but it might work out well for you, that. Yeah, that's right. No, um, we'll be we'll be driving him very uh, positively. We're wrapped with the horse. Um, he hasn't put a foot wrong in his three starts for us. He has, as you say, he he's got his own uh, uh, fair share of gate speed. So um, over the short trip, we'll be pressing forward and we'll be driving a very positive race. Best winning chance of the night. Um, I want to say better equips, but I'm I'm quite keen on on just believe. So um, I think both horses are uh, a great great chances. Just win with both of them, Kenny, man. Good on you. Thanks for joining us, mate, and uh, good luck on Saturday night. No worries. Thank you. There's a sugar man, the candy man, uh, Reg, uh, whatever you want to call him, Greg Sugars. Uh, time for another break. Then we'll get stuck into the second hour. Michael Guerin to join us as soon as we get back. Little link up after this, a little bit of music in between, and then we'll come back for the second hour of the Thursday edition of Trot's Life, heading towards the Victoria Cup here on SEN Track. To Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Nah, I don't think I'll get through this. Never ending forever, baby. You are going to put you first. I could record a really good spoken word album like this, like Tom Waits or something. Harness racing. Going around in circles. Sulkies. Three wide, no cover. Death scene. Success. Right. Jay Bond here with you. Michael Guerin, hopefully to join us at some stage. He's in Victoria. He's landed. He's landed here safely, which I'm always worried about when I get on tin pigeons, as Crandall Getty would call them. Michael, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm well, Jay Bourne, and look, at, like, not only is it great to be back in Melbourne, because obviously that was something that was taken away from all of us, this whole trans-Tasman or worldwide travelling gig, but it's bizarre to think I'm going to Melton on Saturday night, and it's a place I reckon I've been, I don't know, 60 or 70 times in my life. I reckon I've been to the trots in Melbourne, going back to the Valley days, well over 150 times, but I wouldn't have been to Melton since COVID struck. So I, act, I don't think, I, I'm sort of working out the plane today, I don't think I've been to one of my favourite tracks in a place where I've, I've written so much about. And during that time, I would have watched so many races, Jay Bond. I, I pretty much watch every Melton race, definitely every Friday or Saturday night race. And to think I'm going there again is very exciting. And it's hard to get excited at my age, mate, so I'm quite looking forward to it. Uh, I, it's hard to get excited at mine. So uh, well, there's not that much between us now that I've... Uh, I've eclipsed into the uh, the world of being 43. Very good news uh, emanated this morning. It was great to have it uh, reported live on air from Tim O'Connor that uh, copy that will be taking his place in the Victoria Cup. I don't know where he's at. I don't know your opinion. I don't know whether you've spoken to Ray Green. But um, you talk about that trans-Tasman feel. Well, if copy that wasn't there, we don't have it, Michael. No, and also you don't have the best performed horse in the race. I mean, there's, there may well be better horses than him in the race. And on the current form, I would suggest there are. 
but he's the best performing horse in the race. I mean, for all expense of ego winning at chariots and, you know, better at clips winning good races and and even what Rock and Roll Do's done recently, he's won a New Zealand Cup. That's one of the big five. And none of the others here have won one of the big five. So um, it, it adds class to the race. It adds to the international rating of the race. It makes it more interesting. And it probably means it's a better form guide for the Inter-Dominions uh, and all the New Zealand Cup where he and Rock and Roll do could go next. Can he win? Probably not. I think one of the corporates, Jason, have him at $31. Well, I think his winning chances are better than 3%. So that's probably a touch of overs. But uh, yeah, I think I think Nathan Jack, who's one of the great thinkers in the game, won't have to think. I think he was sitting there three feet, maybe trail, but probably three feet, and it'll paint itself in front of him. And if the horse is good enough, he'll run on well. And if it's not, he he won't. And he's traditionally a horse who's better up on the speed. But he did win the Sunshine Sprint on the Gold Coast uh, last year or in Brisbane last year coming from last. So he does have that in his toolkit. We just haven't seen him use it very often. Well, without getting too deep into the uh, into excavating the likely atlas, because I know you're not the biggest fan of um, uh, the conjecture when you lead up to these big races. Everyone's got an opinion. Uh, they may be right. They may be wrong. The only thing that I really did discover uh, when, doing, when going back through the early speeding, Greg Sugar's all but confirmed it in his own mind as well with better eclipse. Sort of, there, there was a prevailing wisdom, I think, when we uh, when we undertook that barrier draw on Monday night. That expensive ego was a, probably the most likely leader, but I'm, I'm not sure that's going to happen here. And it's not outside the complete realms of possibility that better eclipse would lead. In which case, copy that's behind the leader, and if he's anywhere near his best. He can win. So, yes, $31 is crazy, isn't it? Well, it is. We've just lost Michael for a moment there. I'm sure he's he's getting out of the airport at the moment, having just landed not too long ago in Victoria. Hopefully, we'll get him again in a moment. Um, Potentially, if Tom Bang gets back into the studio... He might be able to recall Michael Guerin. But just to continue that conversation uh, in the Victoria Cup, Honolulu Bay's got really good early speed, um, and so too has Torrid State. Not sure if he'll use it, but um, if they don't really want to rush Honolulu Bay off the gate and expensive ego doesn't cross, Better Eclipse, I know it sounds so bizarre because Better Eclipse virtually never leads in his races and he's not known at all as a gate speed horse, in fact, he hasn't let in one of his past 20 starts, that uh, he might be in front somehow in this Victoria Cup, which would be excellent news for copy that. We've got you back there, Michael. Yeah, my apologies as anybody who's done a radio show or run their loved ones <laughs> in an Uber after the airport on the way to the hotel knows these things don't often always go to plan. Um, I, yeah, as you know, I'm not a huge speed ma- man yeah. for a normal race. And the reason for that is, is that I think to do a real speed map, you have to know all the horses, which this is different. The Victoria Cup is different, and the Miracle Mile is different. You do know the horses, and you actually have the opportunity to bring everybody involved, whereas I don't have the time to do that, say, for example, on a normal Alexander Park card. I do think they're really important for Miracle Miles, and probably more so than any other race outside the Miracle Mile in Australasia. The speed map's the most important in the Victoria Cup. 
because the marketings, I know there's been the occasional lock and bar art type horse who can come sit past them out muscle them. But the market pigs have been absolutely paid with gold in the Victoria Cup. And and that's where I want to be. I'm just not sure. I know better Eclipse will be there. I'm not sure expensive ego will be there. I'm thinking it's flip of the coin he might be. And I know copy that will be there. But out of those three, I'm most certain of getting the right run as better Eclipse. And that's why I've gone for him on top without any great conviction. And I think he's tight enough in the market that I don't see him as a major play unless due to the algorithms, which could pretty much well ping for Luke McCarthy and expensive ego. You see one of those radical last three-minute drifts where horses all the time now in both codes, and I say both because I don't follow the greyhounds enough to know, um, you see horses go from $3 to $6 all the time. And if that happened with better eclipse, which I wouldn't think it would because of the strike rates involved, then yes, I would absolutely be jumping on him. But that's one of the concerns for punters these days, Jay Bonners. The early market's are only very much a guide. Because once the robots hit Betfair and the Betfair hit the traders and then the algos run all those things, that's what changed the markets in the last five minutes. You and I may be egotistical enough to think that it's people listening to us on television, <laughs> but that literally has nothing to do with it. Um, what price would be, like, what, what would be okay for better Eclipse? Would, would, would 450 start seducing you into a, into a bet? Yeah, look, I think so. Only because far worse horses than better Eclipse. And he's a proper horse. I yep. really like him. Have won Victoria Cups sitting in the trail uh, or on the market peaks. And I think he has ways he can win the race. I don't think he can't win from the trail. I think he can win in front. Whereas expensive ego, I don't think, can sit fast to win a Victoria Cup. I think that's a hell of an ask because not many horses do. Uh, copy that needs to be in the trail. I doubt if he comes from three deep. And the interesting horse, the horse who's just a sledgehammer of a horse, is Rock and Roll Dude. Yeah. And he might actually be the best horse in the race. I don't know that, but I've seen a couple of things that suggest he did. The last hundred in the Kilmore Cup was the run of a vicious sledgehammer of a horse. And if he just comes out and sits three back on the outside, pulls three wide at the 600 and beats him, that wouldn't surprise me, and it would tremendously excite me. Is he the kind of horse this year, if he goes over, which we expect that he will, who can uh, who can win a New Zealand Cup or not? No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. In fact, I can barely think of a better type of horse to come from Australia with the caveat that Flashing Red basically spent a fair bit of time in New mm. Zealand, so it was half Kiwi, half Aussie. Well, I can't think of a better suited horse to a New Zealand Cup than Rock and Roll do, without the large body of work from a standing start, Jason. But he's tough. He's big, he's strong. He should be better on a bigger track, as the scene is in Melbourne. And he's been the best horse in Australia for the last four weeks. And if he's the best horse in Australia, he might be the best horse in Australasia because they're not scary. Self-assured's good and he's efficient and he's a horse who doesn't make mistakes often. But he's not scary. And Rock and Roll do, Rock and Roll do is probably a little bit scary. I part of me hopes he wins on Saturday night. And then I hope he wins the New Zealand Cup because I would love to see Mick get a really good horse. And I think he's got a really good horse now. And I think Australasian harness racing, through these series, through the Cup and through the Inter-Dominions, Jason needs that competitive trans-Tasman juices flowing thing backwards and forwards. I think we need it. And I think we definitely 
Loved it when we saw those four Australians go to the race back in April. So I would love to see rock and roll do turn up at Eddington. And I think it would be a great thing for the New Zealand Cup if he won it. He's virtually, we're going to talk to Michael Stanley on burning questions later. He's virtually my equal top tip in the race with better Eclipse. I mean, he's won the two critical lead-ups, the Caduceus Classic and the Kilmore Cup. And to be honest, I think there's going to be a fair bit of speed on early here, and I think he's just going to slot in, and the way he's going, I think he can win, and as you say, it would be a great result. Now, Michael, before I let you go, you are, and I think rightly so, notoriously um, uh, cynical or uh, worried about horses that... You're not willing to elevate horses that haven't been there and done that at the top level. Captain Ravishing has been breaking records ever since he joined Emma and Clayton this preparation, but he hasn't yet won that big race. He gets an opportunity to win the big race on Saturday night. How, like, what's your opinion of Captain Ravishing, number one? And number two, does a horse like Major Perry, after what we saw Saturday night, have the quality to beat your leap to fames and Captain Ravishing under the right circumstances? Uh, second question first, no, I don't think so. Major Perry was good the other night, but beautifully driven. I'll be stunned if he can come over top of these horses. And Captain Ravishing, I've only got sort of three bits of data on. I've only seen his last three runs um, with any real, you know, analytical um, sort of bent on it. He's outstanding. Um, will he be outstanding in a year's time? I don't know. Like, he, he's by Captain Treacherous, and there's at some beach somewhere at Blood Ditch. He could just crack the shits and give up. It's impossible to know with the Sun Beach or line of horses. They're very strange horses. But he's awfully, awfully good. And at the same stage, he's as good as right high because he's running the similar times. And I like backing horses who have proven to me they can do what they're trying to do. Now, Leap to Fame's won two derbies, so I know he can win a derby. He's done it twice. But there's only one thing better than that, and that's beating the horse, or last week, thrashing the horse is proven they can do it. Because he didn't just beat him. Horses don't sit past to win derby heats very often, unless their name is Lazarus. So, Captain Ravishing... You can sometimes complicate things and try and find a reason not to back a horse. Or you can just look at last week and go, well, they're still running in circles and he's faster than these horses are therefore he'll beat them. It's not quite that simple. And that's why it's $1.50 or $1.60 rather than $1.20. But what he did last week, the only three-year-old we've had in Australasia in the last 10 years who would have done that was Lazarus. Like Akuta, who I think could be a very good horse, couldn't have done that. So, yes, I think he'll win the derby. I hope he does, because it'll, it'll be really good for a Victorian harness racing at a time when Artie is on the plane to the States. But there's always that little doubt, because, you know, he's so new to the game. But, my God, if he gets up against the marker pegs in a big race somewhere, from what I've seen, if he keeps his mind straight, he's a 147 horse at Manango every day of the week. Before I let you go, I'm hoping that tomorrow, at some stage... You and I will be sitting side by side and having a, um, a, a light ale together. Have you got a tip for us in the good races at Alexandra Park tomorrow? Look, there's a very, very good horse coming back. Bolt for Brilliance is the one horse who I've just tipped to people with no regard. There's always regard. There's always barrier draws and travel and blah, blah, blah. But if he turns up for the Inter Dominion, he'll just win. Now, he resumes tomorrow night at Alexandra Park. and He's off a 30-metre handicap. I like it. I, actually, I think he's just immoral, but I like a horse called Old Town Road, and him into Old Town Road might get you close enough to $4. But the, the news about Bolt for Brilliance, which is encouraging, is the flights to get him from Christchurch to Melbourne sound like they're going to go ahead, so there's positive signs. 
And if that happens and he turns up, I don't often tip them no regard, but if he turns up in the right form, in his best form, the end of the trotting series is over. That's staggering. That, that, well, that's wonderful for people wanting to have a bet. Um, now we just need to know whether he's definitely coming, because if he is, uh, Michael Guerin will be the first to tell you. Make sure to follow him on Twitter and certainly through all the media platforms, because he will tell you the moment that he's going to go. And then we need a bet, obviously, on Bolt for Brilliance for the Inter-Dominion Series. Michael, great catching up with you on the radio, but it will be a hell of a lot better seeing you for the first time in a long time tomorrow, mate. Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to it, mate. And to all the punters out there, if you go to Melton two or three days a year or two or three nights, go this Saturday. It's really good fun. Ladies and Reds are superstar. The Cups are beauty. Oaks, Derby, the trotting race will be really good fun. Uh, if, you, if you do, footy season's finished. If you get a chance to go to the trots and it's half an hour from where you are, it's worth going this Saturday. Good on you, Mick. No doubt about it. This is going to be the best Victorian harness meeting of the year on Saturday night. Victoria Cup card, including the Bill Collins Trotter Spring, the Derby and the Oaks. Time for a break. When we come back, I'll have a little, little look at a couple of the other races and then we'll be joined by Jamie Cockshut. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Take me by the hand, take me somewhere new I don't know who you are, but I, I'm with you Voice is not really holding up that well, has to be said But somehow I can still hit it and I've still got a range Normally people with a voice like this don't have a range, but I do I believe Jamie Cockshut might be on the line now, how are you Jamie? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Dave. Um, where do you want to go first? I, I reckon we... Do you want to have a little riff on this um, on this magnificent meeting at Melton, first of all? What what a great card it is. And this has been... Um, this has been the result of a change of calendar. We know where the Derby used to be and the Oaks and all the rest of it. But somehow, it's all just fallen on this meeting and it's now made it in Victoria. I don't even... I don't want to say Australia, but... In Victoria, at least, this is the best meeting of the year. Yeah, you're not wrong, mate. I had a bit of a look last night, and it's, it's a crackerjack meeting. Yeah, there's not one race really, mate, that don't you know look uh, really competitive and it's got a little bit of um, class in it, or a, or a nice up and coming horse coming through the ranks. And yeah, no, he's a he's a pretty blessed in and over there in Melbourne, mate, to be able to to go along and attend on Saturday night. That's for sure, because there's going to be some crackerjack racing and some quality animals going around. Uh, no doubt about it. And look, there's four group ones, but the support card includes Ladies in Red, who um, nominally is probably the best horse in the country. But let's talk about the Victoria Cup quickly. Have you, have you organised your thoughts on it, Jamie, yet? Uh, well, I, was, well, I think we done something on this show about six or eight months ago, and I said the next big thing of the Australian harness race was going to be a horse called Rock and Roll Do, and a few people laughed at me. Um, so I'm going to actually, I just think he's, he's in the zone. Um, um, and I'm going to throw a little furphy up the speed map. If people are expecting Twenty Vigo to lead, if he does, I, I don't think he can, but don't be surprised if Luke lets Mick go. Because um, Luke handed up to Mick in the Kilmore Cup. I know it wasn't a Twenty Vigo, I think it was Max Shard. So he knows that 
Mick will get him to the sprint lane for sure. I don't think expensive ego is good enough to sit parked and win the cup. So if Greg Sugars holds all the aces, prepare to eclipse, mate, wherever he lets expensive ego go. But if he does, don't be surprised if Rock and Roll do don't push forward and there's a sneaky chance of finding the top. And from there, I don't think they'll beat him, mate, if that eventuates. But that's not the end of, end of it for Rock and Roll do. He's proven he's versatile, but I just think he's in the zone, mate. And... Um, Four run back, he's hundred, but he's cherry ripe. I just think he'll get the job done again. I think he opened after the draw like seven dollars fifty, and which is look, I've marked him four dollars. He's equal top tip for me, really, with a better eclipse. He he has won the two major lead up races in different ways. Like he brained them from the top end in the Kilmore Cup, and I don't think that win in the Caduceus Classic. Like I think I think it's been underestimated. One fifty point six. Off the speed, when he pulled wide, he lost a little bit of ground because we know he's uh, a unique eccentric customer. And, you know, I like the eccentric customers, uh, Jamie. But he he lost a bit of ground and then he just hit top gear so quickly. Like, And and he's such a charismatic horse. The way he, he sticks his head out, he's, there's there's a little bit of Lenny the Shark about him. There's a little bit of, um, there's a, little bit of a lot of good horses. He's, he's a quirky customer. But as Michael Guerin said earlier, he's... He's turned into a bit of a sledgehammer. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. Like he, he, he's got the world at his feet as long as he stays down and touch wood that let that happens because he's just so versatile. And um, I never forget his win at Menangle. I, I had a good collect off him that night when he sat parked. I think he went one fifty. It's probably the only time he he put it all together that night. And I think it was wet and windy, and you know, I think he paid twenty five or thirty to one, Jase. But um, but no, he's a good horse, mate. And I just think. He's the most versatile horse in that field, and I reckon that's going to take him a long way to win in the race, mate. Are you totally sold on Captain Ravishing? No. Ooh, I like this. Uh, I like this a little bit of descent. This is the first bit of descent. Talk to me. Talk me through it, Jamie. Uh, the star's going to be crucial. If Luke Defane finds the peaks, I'm not saying he's got to find the peaks, and he's got to find the peaks without doing too much work because Luke Defane had a pretty interrupted campaign in the heat. He only arrived in Melbourne a couple of days before. Uh, Grand Dixon's one of the best in the business, mate. He's had that extra week. He'll have him cherry ripe. And Captain Ravishing, mate, he's a freakish sort of animal. But how much did that run take out of him last week? That's the only thing in the back of my mind because he couldn't have went any better. Seven days later, Emma's, Emma and Clayton left. They're geniuses, so they'll have him ripe. But just in the back of my mind, at, say, one fifty, one sixty, there's something like three eighty four dollars just as a gambling man. I know I'll have a few dollars on Luke to fame at, at the better odds, but you know, Captain Ravishing turns up like he did last week. Well, he'll win, but I'm just I'm always one about horses having tough runs the week before, that's all. That's the only slight concern with him. But um, if he does happen to push through early and get in front of Luke to fame, well, the race is over. That's all there is to it. So it's going to be interesting. The start's going to be crucial. But, yeah, it's going to be a great race, Chase, for sure. We better go to the news. I want to talk through this a fair bit more because I can tell you rarely, rarely ever. So this is how I do my form. Basically, every race has a null hypothesis, what I instinctively think might transpire. And then you excavate and you you almost scientifically try and prove yourself wrong. And most of the time, you don't. In this meeting... On a number of occasions, I have, and we'll talk about that. Plus, plenty of tips for Tasmania with Jamie Cockshut. After the news, we'll find out what's happening in the world. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon.
we're going to get stuck into the uh, the tips for Tasmania in a moment with Jamie Cockshut. No guest today because uh, there's so much focus on this Victoria Cup card. Just very quickly, Jamie, the concern that I had. So when we did the draws, you know, you've got your initial opinion and it looked look great for Leap to Fame. My concern for Leap to Fame, there's a couple. One is Captain Ravishing getting underneath him, which I think is unlikely. But the other one is when, when there's a horse like Leap to Fame in a big race drawn the front row and uh, everyone knows they're likely to eventually find the front, there can be so much speed, can't there? Because everyone wants the position behind Leap to Fame. Yeah, no, I agree 100%, mate. You know, like... Um, better than Tiger can run the gate okay. So, like, I, you know, if he was able to cross the street or was inside, you know, pretty quickly, you know, I reckon Jack will hand up straight away to Leap to Fame. But, mm. you know, you've got Nathan on Simply Sam who'll be thinking similar, you know, can I pick up and get on the back of Leap to Fame? Because, you know, Simply Sam got the back of Leap to Fame and him and Captain Ravishing went to war a long way out. Simply Sam's not very a sneaky chance at, at massive odds if his lead is back. So, it's going to be an intriguing race, mate. It's going to be great to, to watch, but you know, Captain Ravishing is definitely the one to beat. We just set the odds in a few little, you know, minor queries. Well, I'd rather back Leap to Fame at the four dollars and Captain Ravishing at the one sixty. But like I said, mate, if Captain Ravishing pushes through and finds the lead, he's probably a dollar ten, dollar twenty pop. So that's just one of them difference of opinions. But um, yeah, it's going to be a great race, mate. That's for sure. I love a bit of a difference of opinion. This is what uh, makes the game ticking, gets us even more excited, whets our appetite for Saturday night. Let's go to the tips, and uh, we'll come back to this if we've got a little bit of time at the back end. We'll start with Bernie Friday, Jamie. Yeah, we have our first meeting at Bernie's this season on Friday. It's a beautiful, idyllic track right on the um, northwest coast, right on the Bass Strait. Um, Stand start races and mobile races. We'll kick off with the, the better two bets. Race two, number two, Juniper. Just finds the right race. It's got a step, but I reckon the lead will be there for it if it does, and they won't beat her. Uh, then we'll go across to race eight, number three, the old fella, Crowder Dazzler. He's got a good record around here. He loves to stand start. He's drawn, he's drawn three. He should ping on top, and from there, you know, he should just about win the race. The value runner comes up. Race five, number five, James Dean. I think it was only three years ago he was in the New Zealand Cup, so it's a, it's a bit of a fall from grace from New Zealand Cup to, to going in a 55 or better stand start at Burnie. But he gets his chance. He's drawn the top of the track, and I reckon he can nearly spear across those who is inside, and if he leads, I reckon he'll take a hell of a lot of running down. He, he should get 4 or $5, mate. Then we'll go to Hobart Sunday. That's the better meeting of the, the weekend. Um, the best bet, race 9, number 9, IC double. It just maps out exactly like it did last Friday night. He drew nine, he pushed through, found the lead and won as he liked, and I reckon he'll do that again. The value plays come up. Race three, number five, Murray. Um, went to the breeze last week, dictated and, and won it easily. Slightly rises in class, but I don't reckon that's going to stop him. He can get the job done again. Race five, number four, Marley J. Eagle. Um, Dylan Ford had three chances. Three drives in this race he could could have driven. He chose all for Dave, but there's a bit of a family connection there, so I reckon that's why he's chosen. Marley J. Eagle resumes, gets a barrier on. If he's anywhere near right, I reckon he can push forward and find the lead, and he'll take a plenty of running down around the four or five dollar mark. Race seven, number two, Luby Lombo. This sets up Todd Rattray as number two and four. I reckon they'll lead an outside leader and they'll dictate and let's just hope Luby can kick kick up on the inside and, and win the race. And the one at odds, race six, number five, Montana Place. This is a pretty open race. 
um, racing wheel, just got a tricky draw, so that's why we're going to get 10 or 12 to 1, and I reckon he's worth an each way gamble at those odds, Jay. And the quaddy will go numbers 4, 8, 11, and 12. Second leg, 1, 3, 5, 6, and 10. Third leg, 2 and 4. Last leg, 1, 4, 8, 9, and 10. $50 will give us 25% of the dividend. And the other thing I want to touch on, mate, is I just want to um, congratulate Taz Racing for actually gaining a slot in that Eureka race. You know, Taz Racing was one of the, yeah. the lucky vendors to get one of them. And it's just going to be interesting to see how they use it. I reckon they'll be using it as they'll pick probably, they'll have a race set up in somewhere where Tazzy's three and four-year-olds compete and the winner of that race will go into that that rich race. I reckon that's how they'll use it, but, you know, that'll all be revealed in the next, you know, few months, I'd say. But, yeah, it's, I've got to just take my hat off to them for putting the money up and and getting a slot. And, yeah, it's just going to be a, a positive thing for Tasmanian racing, you know, because it's going to be a promotional race for, you know, for the next 12 months forever in there. Just like to give them a... A pat on the back, mate, for doing that. Yeah, well, it, it sort of reminds me of the um, so in Greyhound Racing, the, the inaugural Phoenix last year. I think it's a great idea to get the different jurisdictions involved because basically, you want buy-in as well, don't you? I mean, the, you want you want to make this feel like it's um, it's not an inter dominion, but you want to feel like there's an Australian-wide influence on this inaugural Eureka, don't you? Otherwise, otherwise, there is that risk of it just becoming a like. A New South Wales centric, just like we have Victorian centric races that that don't have don't permeate the public consciousness. This is going to get Tasmanians excited and involved in the concept as well. No, exactly, mate. And that's how they should do it. There's a lot of these races coming out now, and yeah, like especially like the Eureka, and like even the Everest the Gallup one. I don't want to talk too much about it, but you know, like that was more or less a rich man's a rich man's race. Yep. If you understand where I'm coming yeah, from? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> where where the Eureka's a lot more, you know, it's, you know, to put up as much. And, like, it gets, you know, it gets a lot of people involved, a lot of jurisdictions, and there's going to be some great horses. But, like I said, Tasmania, hopefully, is going to have a horse in that race in the next three years, and they're going to be out of their depth unless a bow tie comes or an Ignatius comes along in the next 12 to 18 months. But it's just going to be great to have someone to have a horse in that race, whether they go around at 5 to 1 or, or 500 to 1. It doesn't really matter because um, it's, you know, it's you don't have to be the best horse to be in it. It's chosen because you're um, you own the slot, and the slot holder chooses the horse to be associated with. And I just can see Taz Racing just doing it. It's going to be a Tasmania horse for the next three years. Who will be the horse this year? Well, I just had a quick thing about it, mate. There's not many. <laughs> there's no standout two-year-olds at the moment, and then the three-year-olds are just going. But um, you never know, mate. They've got another six to nine months, but it's going to be interesting to see what. What come what comes of that, but it's going to help the breeding, you know, the next three years, you know, like I'm a breeder, but I'm I'm quite happy to breed again next year and that. If Taz Racing's going to continue to do this, I know they're locked in for three years, you know, if they have a bit of success, they'll lock it in again, and it just gives the breeders out there in Tasmania that bit of extra incentive to to breed more horses, because you never know, mate. It's it's like buying a lotto ticket. Anybody can breed a champion. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big positive. There's a few negatives about it. People in the industry don't like it, but, you know, I, I just think it's a massive positive moving forward. I just think, yeah, I think the only negative that people have had a go at is the, is the funding model. But, um, you know, you talked about Bowtide and plenty of others. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if one did pop up in the next couple of years? Because, 
I mean, l- let's not mistake it. Tasmania have had some of the great horses in in uh, Australian and Australasian harness history. So wouldn't it be amazing if one did pop up in the next few years and, and, and happen to win the race? It's certainly not outside the realm of possibility. Ah, oh, for sure, man. You know, and, uh, Tassie's got a rich history in, in producing champions, you know, like over you know, 50 or 60 years and even before then. So they're not out of their depth, mate. Let's just hope something comes through in the next, you know, like I said, six to nine months that can put their hand up and, and be the pin-up horse for Tasmania's first spot in the Eureka Eureka race, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what eventuates out in that time. Is there anything else, Neil? We'll duck back and and have another quick conversation about the remaining races. I mean, it's just such a jam-packed card. Is there anything else? Um, having a quick squeeze across Saturday night's Melton program that caught your eye? Yeah, well, I reckon the Oak, the Oak is a pretty interesting race. You know, Emma's dominated as, as as we all know, but there's one there at big odds. I reckon it'd be forty or fifty to one that. What not shock me when it got out last week at Flash Time? A horse called Miss Shanty. Uh, yeah, like she's going to be massive odds, mate. She'll probably make me look like a goose, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't know, but but just out the yard, I just I can just see, you know, like Jack will probably I want to hold the lead early and relentless me. So there might be a fair bit of pressure, and you know, sometimes three pegs at Milton ain't a bad place to be, especially over the long trip. So. She's the one of big odds. I think, you know, it'd be 50 to 1 and, you know, might be 10 bucks to place. More a place than a win, don't get me wrong. And I reckon the couple of trot races are good races too, mate. Geez, they are. They're really good races, the trot races. And, um, you know, you got the three-year-old, you know, like Harry Stamper. Like, um, I know he got beat last week, but he or the last start, but he was huge in defeat. I just don't know how he's going to go from the pole, but if he happens to hold up from the pole, I just can't see him being beaten in, that, in the home field. And then you go to the, the Bill Collins... Sprint race, that's a cracking race. You've got Queen Alita, who's just in the zone and flying, and you know, she's going to be very hard to beat. But, you know, this is a slight step up, or it is a step up in class. You've got Olivica, you Chris Lang's got a massive opinion of Gus Believe, who's airborne since being transferred to Jess and Greg's place. So that's going to be a cracking race, especially over the mile. So, yeah, it's some great races, mate. You're lucky to be there on track on Saturday night, that's for sure. Uh, it's been great with the Trotters in particular, the evolution of the, these four-year-olds coming through. I... I'm pretty confident with Queen Elida, but um, Greg uh, Sugars earlier on in the show said he was, I asked him his best, and he said, I want to say better Eclipse, but he was leaning towards just belief, so that's going to be uh, a cracking race. Miss Shanti, I was on one by five on at, at heat level and thought we had a sniff with about 150 to go, came very, very quickly, and did run well in both heat and final of the New South Wales Oaks. And, yeah, I reckon what we learned with Harry Stamp at last, start two weeks back at Kilmore, Jamie, is he has got a little bit of early speed if you need it. I'm not saying he's going to lead, but mathematically, if you look at his run last start, if he settles behind the leader, even behind Plymouth Jub, he should be winning. I've got him on top as well. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a nice horse, Harry Stanford. Like, I was on Plymouth Jub last week, but Plymouth Jub was entitled to win him much easier than, than what he did. And the run of Harry Stanford was massive, mate. But yeah, it's going to be a good race, mate. You know, there's a lot of Cracking races there on Saturday night. You know, even race two is a good race. You know, there's one in that race I like a lot too, Jay. So, Mayor called It's Beaujolais. Ooh. She's going to get out the crazy odds. Crazy, crazy odds. Uh, second up, you know, they've got to go hard and everything. And she's got to follow the pigs. And the pup will have to weave some magic like he can do. And I wouldn't be shocked to see it run a big race. At, you know, I reckon that'll be 50 to 1 as well. And I reckon we're getting overs at 50s in that race. 
Wowie wee will. It's Beaujolais. It will be 50 to 1. Jamie, very much appreciate your time as always, mate. Enjoy the racing Saturday night and good luck with all those tips over the weekend in Tassie as well. Thanks, buddy. You take care, mate. There's Jamie Cox. Shot time for our final break. We'll come back. Just a very short segment and then we'll get stuck into a Palmer bed update, I reckon, with Lee Dalton and then trackside after that. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Right, that's it. Thanks for joining us. Uh, two days out from the Victoria Cup. Now, a couple of uh, bits of housekeeping. Tomorrow, as always, Friday form panel, Dan Malecki and myself from 10.30 till 12. Do not miss it. Uh, we're going to go through all of these races with a fine-tooth comb. I'm going to try and time it so that we get through all of them because Dan and I, once we start discussing a few of them, we will get caught up because they're wonderful races and both of us would have spent a hell of a lot of time having a good look at them. And then don't forget, Saturday night, racing.com coverage, starting, I think, around 6.15, 6, 6.15, uh, racing.com coverage of the Victoria Cup card, including the Derby, the Oaks, the Bill Collins Trotter Sprint, and, of course, the return of Ladies in Red in leg one of the Elizabeth Clark Triple Crown for the Mayors. The mate mine, Callan. So uh, it's going to be one hell of a program. Home fields there as well. A couple of homegrown finals. It is just jam-packed. Time to say sayonara. I'll uh, catch you on the flip side tomorrow morning.